0: truly cheaper by the dozen? Well, you tell me if I seem cheap, because this is episode 12 of Have a Blessed Gay, your weekly spiritual comedy podcast. Welcome, I am your holy host, Tyler Martin. 12 has historically been a significant spiritual number. In the Hebrew and Christian Bibles, for example, the number 12 comes up a shit ton. In the Christian Bible, 187 times to be exact. Jacob had 12 sons, which formed the 12 tribes of Israel. The tree of life will bear 12 fruit. At the age of 12, Jesus was chatting with priests in a temple, the 12 days of Christmas, and Jesus, of course, had his 12 sexy disciples. But no, not only in the Hebrew and Christian Bibles. There are also 12 main gods in Greek mythology, Odin has 12 sons in Norse mythology, and there are 12 Imams in Islam. I mean, I could go on and on for a long time. There are many theories about the number 12 and why it is used so frequently. One of the biggest theories is that the number 1 is a prime number and being the very first number, some believe it signifies the beginning or creation. But maybe even more importantly, that it symbolizes perfection or an achievement. Like a number 1 album, when you place number 1 in your spelling bee or the number 1 at McDonald's. Well, okay, maybe not that last one. And the number two is all about seeing two sides of any situation, to be fair or diplomatic. So combining those two numbers equals one badass power couple, hashtag couple goals, and maybe it holds up. Drag Race season 12, it was a superior season. And speaking of the number one and two, I am one host and I will be speaking with two guests this episode. Isn't the universe fucking crazy? And no, I really did not plan that, I promise. I got to chat with the gay twin royalty of Instagram, Michael and Zach Zakar. Michael and Zach are twins, actors, writers, models, activists, and yeah, they are both gay. They have a wonderfully entertaining book called Pray the Gay Away, which was turned into a stage play. We had a great talk, chatting about challenges growing up Middle Eastern in a predominantly white community, what a Chaldean Catholic is, and the hurdles they both faced coming out, specifically with their mom, including a time their mom threw holy water on them. Fun times for everyone, I'm sure. Which as a side note, why isn't all water just considered holy? Like, if God made water, why does it take a human blessing it to be considered holy? If anything, you think a human touching it would make it less holy. Kind of makes you think, right? Anyway, I am so excited for you to hear this funny, uplifting conversation. Here are Michael and Zach Zakar. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp, the leading provider of online counseling. Y'all, the world is crazy and mental health is important. Some might even call it spiritual. I personally use BetterHelp myself and absolutely love what they're doing. BetterHelp makes professional counseling accessible, affordable, and convenient. So, if you're struggling emotionally, battling anxiety, or you can't stop crying after an episode of Queer Eye, BetterHelp can be there for you anytime, anywhere. Go to my personal link at better help.com slash bless gay to check it out and get what 10% off the best part is you don't even have to leave your house they offer four ways to speak with a licensed counselor video calls phone calls real-time chat and direct messaging all counselors have been qualified and certified by their state's professional board in other words, you're not talking to a lobster dressed in human clothes. They're legit. All you gotta do is go to my link at betterhelp.com slash gay and begin the questionnaire to match you with a therapist who is uniquely qualified to serve your needs. How sexy. It's super duper easy, and you're matched within 24 hours or less. BetterHelp has a monthly subscription rather than paying per session, which makes it cheaper. But if finances are still a concern, financial aid is available for those who qualify. Get counseling, improve your life, and help this podcast out in the process by going to betterhelp.com slash blessedgay. Sign up today and get 10% off. That's betterhelp.com slash blessedgay. Tell us who the hell y'all are and what the hell you do.
1: Hi everyone. Well, we
2: are the Zakar Twins, Michael and Zach Zakar. We are writers, actors, and potential Grammy Award winners. I don't know. We don't think, <laughs> we Just know. say EGOT. got Just go for it.
1: <laughs> you know what? We're in we're in the entertainment field. we're we're men of many hats.
0: So I read your book, Pray the Gay Away. 10 out of 10 would
1: recommend. There we he's go. not saying that because he's interviewing us. But exactly. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
0: No, it's so funny. It's touching. It's uncomfortable. And then it's funny again. So you were raised as Chaldean Catholics. And to be honest, I did not know much about the Chaldean Catholic denomination until I researched it. And basically, for everyone else who may not know exactly what it is, um, it is traditionally an Aramaic-speaking, Eastern Rite sect of Catholicism. It originated around Iraq when Catholicism started to spread out a long time ago in the 1550s, which is so fascinating to me because there is a very large population of Chaldean Christians in Michigan, which is where y'all are.
1: You yeah. know, if you're not from Michigan, you're like, what the hell is Kel Yeah, doing? that was a
2: really long explanation for what we are. We're just Middle
1: Eastern. <laughs> there <Yeah>. you go. <laughs>
2: the, the
1: easiest way I think to describe Kelly to other people is if you say Christian with a little mix of Iraqi you know we just splash it right in there
0: well tell me more about like the church services so like from your perspective what is being a Chaldean christian like what are the services like what's the culture like just give me a little rundown
2: uh, as far as the church goes i always say it's kind of like a fashion show like people are there like to impress others it's all about image which is weird i always think there's like they over they overdo it the middle eastern churches like everyone tries to look nice tries to prove that they're a happy you know perfect family and I don't know if the people are there for the right intention, if you
1: know what I mean. Yeah, now, Zach, totally. Zach, Zach has a bitter taste with our church uh, for different reasons. But a Chaldean church is, is is very packed. Like, it's very all about culture. It's everyone basically wears black. We all get stuck in a pew together. And, I mean, it's like every other church service. Uh, Chaldeans just take religion and church just a little more seriously.
0: Yeah, it's like super traditional,
2: right?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, my mom like well, like like a difference so let's say you have a funeral right a traditional american funeral is like i don't know maybe maybe max like three days uh an arab funeral is like a month long like you wear black oh, for shit month. yeah <laughs> wow like, we're the same as like you know american college or we just prolong and take it a little more seriously
0: well, and then too, like, it seems, at least from reading your book and what I read online, it seems like, because it's kind of the running joke with Catholics that you're Catholic in the church, but then outside, you're like, whatever goes. Um, with, yeah, yeah. but with Chaldean Catholics, especially your mom, it seems like it's the same. Like, you take it seriously inside and you take it seriously outside. Do you think yeah, that... It
1: was, church in the, it was church inside the house, it was church outside the house. Everything was always circling back to God, which... You know, is is a way to live for some people. But for what me and Zach growing up, that really wasn't the most important thing to us. Not saying that religion is not important. We're just saying that church and God can't be everything you think about at every second of your time in your life.
0: Well, and you both relate to the word outcast in your book, which I really like. Um, Michael, you actually say one of my favorite quotes in I think the whole book, which is um, being an outcast isn't as fun as Mary Magdalene made it look, which cracks <laughs> me up. I love some Christian humor. It really
1: makes me laugh. You know, I'm, oh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Mary Magdalene. She was the OG, you know, outcast in the Bible. But um, yeah, I mean, I, like, our book doesn't really talk about just being gay and that was uh, one of the biggest things or takeaways from our book is that we were an outcast in almost every setting. And we wanted to tell our viewers, reading it, like, it doesn't matter what setting you're put in. You're always going to be seen as an outcast in some type of way.
0: Can you talk more about feeling like an outcast, specifically, like, within your Muslim community, but then also in this, like, white American community that you were in? Can you just, like, talk about both sides, the struggles, Mm -hmm. how you straddled them?
1: I mean, our book kind of talks about being an outcast in different settings. So the book starts when we were growing up in special ed. Now, just because we were Middle Eastern, our school system put me and Zach in special ed because they assumed we actually did not speak English. And me and Zach had very, very heavy slurs. So I don't know if they confused that for like them trying to speak Arabic, but we literally just weren't speaking clearly. So we were sad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We were like for eight until eighth grade, me and Zach were in special ed and I don't know if that's like, so we were always outcast in that sense. Like we, we knew we weren't made for a special education, but we were placed in special education. Yeah. And then after we got out of that, we were deemed as terrorists because in normal classes, prior to my nose job, I looked very Arab and,
0: <laughs> which looks
1: great by the way. Thank you. Thank you. $5,000 and not mad about it. Woo. Uh, and I like, that's what the book touches on. Like, you know, in school, I, I was deemed as terrorist at home. I was deemed as the gay guy. At uh, you know, and in, in when I was younger, I was kind of I can't say the R word, but, you know, the people mm-hmm. would call me that. And that's what we say. Like, you know, you kind of have to like shut out the haters because like you're going to be coined as something in life.
0: Yeah, I love in the book um, when you say I never thought of myself as Middle Eastern. I never felt different until people started looking at me differently. Yeah, as kids, we don't see differences as inherently negative until the people around us society adults parents what have you start to label those things as negative um
1: yeah I think really it was sad. my fault too you know me and Zach have a very shitty type of humor uh I remember when this is awful back when 9-11 happened I remember like I didn't even understand the situation and people were asking me as like a, a like a six seven year old like what do you think blah 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 and I told like I have a uncle, I, his name is not Saddam, but I, I don't know my own uncle's name, but I was like, yeah, like my uncle Saddam lives in my basement. <laughs> so like I, I, you know, it was-
2: First not- off, we were not six or seven, do your math, Michael. <laughs> well,
1: how old was 2000?
2: It was like, like we were 12.
1: No, we were
2: nine. Zach's counting, hold on.
0: Okay, go. no, that's totally good. Use your fingers- I am actually. Good. <laughs>
1: got Good. Thousand, bitch. No, you were two thousand. You were nine. We were born in ninety three. Do the math. Okay, yeah. but either way, no matter, as children,
0: you were being asked about terrorism, which is not fun, I assume.
1: I, I never really thought about my culture until I got a little bit older. And that was something I think means that we're both struggling in when we were kids, is that the more culture was put onto us, we almost didn't understand it. So in like, like we did catechism, like it's basically like you're a Quintanera for Christians. Like, yep. hey, you're now <laughs> <an> a, <laughs> you're now a Christian male after all this practicing, but like stuff like that. Like I, I never understood the, the point of it until more recently.
0: Well, and it's also about appearances, even within that, that section of the book when you're talking about that and, and your mother, it's all about appearances, something that you mentioned earlier. And I really relate to that. Like the, Feeling. So I grew up super poor as well. And and your mom like turning the lights on in the house to make it seem like you have enough money, the car, like all those little <laughs> details are so funny to me and so relatable. And that's kind of like the Christian way, right? Just to like make it look a certain way on the outside and you're just a crumbling soul on the inside. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Pretty much our life. And Zach, uh, you specifically.
0: So You struggled with your body's appearance. It's kind of a running joke throughout um, that you felt overweight and fat. And I dealt with anorexia as a teenager. So it was like, I get that. Yeah. And damn it, Michael, you did not help him, by the way. Not (laughs) again. Well, obviously, you're like in incredible shape now. You both are. But Zach, how do you see yourself now? Like, Do you still
2: struggle with body image? Is that still an issue that you're Uh, dealing with?
1: I feel like...
2: Do I like my body? Yes. Do I always think it could be better? Yes. You know, like, uh, my body's fine. And I'm sure people are, you know, I always make, like, jokes that, like, in the modeling in- industry, like, am I considered plus size? Yes. Because my hips are too big to fit, like, you know, industry standards. And people are like, he's crazy. He's stupid. He likes attention. And I'm like, I don't like attention. I'm just saying how it is. Like, yeah. do I feel fat? Compared to the, like the, the normal American, no, in general, yeah. Like, I'm not saying I have body dysmorphia, but I always would like definitely I body. Okay, dysmorphia. I have a little bit of body dysmorphia, but I would, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would like a better body. Like, I like my perfect ideal body is like a swimmer's build, and I clearly don't have that. So, to me, I don't have the perfect body. Am I happy? Yeah, you know.
0: <laughs> well, I think also doubling it with. So you have entertainment side, but then you also have the gay community side, which is also right. really harsh when it comes to body image. So, yeah, I get that. It's it's a real world Yeah, I think out it's there. because
2: I put too much pressure on myself. Like, Michael and I work out six days a week. Yeah. And, like, some of my friends work out maybe twice a week and have better bodies than me. So I put a lot of pressure on, like, I guess when I compare it to others, I'm like, shit, why do I still look, you know, I look like someone who goes to the gym like once a week and I go six days a week. So I I think it's just bothersome because my body's not forming as fast as I would like it to.
0: Shifting into gay gear more in that world, before you each came out to one another, you tried handling things on your own, uh, not with um, the help of the other one. And both of you had some very awkward sexual encounters, <laughs> which was also relatable. And a lot of people specifically teenagers, they do, they turn to sex, uh, for validation and understanding as they're trying to figure out themselves. Right. And that seems to be what you, you were kind of doing.
1: I always want to tell us that everyone that I meet your first time will never be good. Okay. You know, Disney Amen. put, a, Disney put a, an unrealistic expectation in her head about romance and love. And I swear your first, like, Three to five times are going to be awful. It's just practice and trial runs until you are comfortable with your body.
0: Uh, Completely. I mean, it's a learning. It's like anything else. You can't go into it expecting to be a pro the first time. But
1: you know how like TV shows always make it look like oh subtle kisses, subtle. I'm like uh no. (laughs) Yeah, no, not at all. First time I cried,
2: (laughs) and I really think that's a big thing. Pray the Gateway focused on when we tell the story of Pray the Gateway. We always say things like. It's not like Love, Simon. Right? Have you seen Love, Simon?
0: Ugh, yes, and I had... Act- yeah, I understand. I have very mixed feelings about the movie.
2: You know, I like Love, Simon. Don't get me wrong, but it's like the Disney approach. Like, coming out, is perfect. Your white parents, like, love you, and you have a boy... You have this hot crush that, like, kisses you. Like, it's not like that in the real world. And I think the Gateway is the realistic approach that, like... Obviously, Michael and I didn't go through, like, the worst experiences ever. Ours is more of a unique experience. But we say really coming out isn't you know perfect
0: well a major point of the book uh, and what stood out to me throughout the entire thing is the idea of learning and that we're all learning we're all growing we're all experiencing these things and just trying to figure it out no matter our age Uh, and that includes our parents Uh, they're still just kids trying to figure it out like we are Uh, and Zach you say um one of the hardest parts of growing up is realizing that your parents are flawed. They are human. I look at my mom and see a person. I see a person still learning. And your mom, let's talk about your mom for a hot Let's sec. talk
2: about Miss
0: Zekar. So the book begins with a quote from your mother. Uh, what you are is a sin. I don't know what I did to God to deserve this, but I won't believe what you are. This family is falling apart, and I can't be here right now. Don't call. Don't text. Mom about coming out just can you say a little bit more uh to get into some of the stuff in the book some of the crazy shit that went down with your mom (laughs) because it is pretty insane yeah
2: well I always looking back whenever I do talk about this subject I always say when we wrote it it does come from a humorous tone but like looking back the things our mom tried to do to us was her way of trying to protect us so everything you read in the book when I first wrote it, I was just like, it came from an angry place. And then it kind of over time became this healing process. And I realized like what she was doing was her way of protecting us, not hurting us. Yes. But the book talks a lot about like when we first originally came out, it's the big tagline of the book. When we came out, our mom threw holy water on us. And that is one thing she tried to do. And then another night, she we have a funny story with green grapes. Um, She got a bowl of grapes blessed from the priest and tried to force feed those while we were
0: sleeping. For whatever reason, the holy water didn't really faze me too much when I read it. But the grapes freaked me out. That is like the freakiest part of the book, I think.
2: That's like, well, I always talk to my mom now. Like, we're, like our mom and us have like a pretty decent relationship now. Obviously, we can't geeky about certain things. But I always like tell her, it's like, the, you know, I like, a couple a couple of years back, I like told her about the green grapes. She's like, I never did that. I'm like, you came in our basement with the grapes. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, but, like, she, like, has this facade on. And like she's like, like, I tell about the holy water story. And she's like, don't be so dramatic. It wasn't that bad. I'm-
1: she has done a lot of things. I think my personal favorite is when she was throwing holy water on us, she was recording the experience. I wish we still had the video because that, that would be hilarious. But she was recording us on our knees praying. And that's why she was throwing holy water on us. But I was like, Mom, what are you going to do with that video? And she was like, I'm going to send this to God. <laughs> and I was like, okay, what's God's number? Like, what do you mean? She's like, you know, it's leverage. So you guys get to heaven. <laughs> and, it, you know, my mom has her own way of thinking, and, you know, you can't fault her for that.
0: Well, and it is, like, the idea. Like, she, like you were saying, she was doing it out of love, even though it didn't feel like it, probably, in the
1: moment. You know, it was confusing for her, obviously, but, again how do you expect someone from Iraq that has never been taught anything on gay rights or anything on gay culture to accept it willy nilly? I'm really, she's still learning learning and I'm so proud of the woman she is in general. So, you know, it's a big step for an Iraqi woman.
0: I I really uh, found the part in the book where um, I think it's Michael who asks, uh, do you regret having us? Um, And that, that moment of her answering is very sweet and sad and um coming from such a hard place go ahead and talk about your relationship now um so it it is good and y'all are um y'all are in a good spot now
2: like i always tell people like does it get better yes is it ideal no like are we casual do we love each other yeah but i'm not gonna be like hey mom Look at this dick I'm sucking. Like it does. It's not. I don't think you'd say it to anybody. Well, I yeah, I don't to know. know. <laughs> no, there, there's some. I'm we, like some of my white friends. Like they are so close with their moms, and I'm like, this is weird. I
1: no. I I with our mom, I I feel like we're as close as we can be for this subject. And until we make strides in our personal career, I don't think it's gonna go up from here. Like right now, she's her biggest thing was being gay w- w- would be a hindrance. And I get what she means from that. She's, she's saying, I don't want your life to be harder than it has to be. Yeah. From, from other people, you know, but the fact is she was making our life harder and she didn't realize that. Has she seen the play yet? She actually came to the last show in 2019 and it was such a scary experience. Our mom was right in the front row. We have a drag queen that plays our mom in the play. <laughs> and she, yeah, we had to like force her. I was like,
2: hey, I would like it if you'd like come to the play she's like, I'm only coming for you two. I was like, well, I I want you to come if you want to come. You know what I mean? like, don't do me any favors, you know? But, uh, (laughs) she did come. She came. We, it was a little rough at first because act one of the play is very, very brash and kind of, um, crazy. And act two is kind of a tight hug, but she didn't realize that. So during intermission, she's like, I think I should leave. I was like, no, just stay like, Obviously, you're looked at as a villain in Act One, but, like, you come around, so just stay, like.
1: And she ended up loving the play. She actually got on stage our last show, and we all had a cute little hug and speech. Oh, that's amazing. You know, it was it's a fun experience, and it's, it's so weirdly surreal playing out our life story because in one chapter, I get arrested on my mom's birthday, and acting that out on stage, I'm just looking at my mom, and she literally is so stone-faced. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! This lady will not crack a smile. She won't crack a frown. She just stone face looking at me. Frown. Well, a lot of frowns, but
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad that you've had that arc with her. That's so incredible, and um, I think definitely inspirational to everyone else who might have struggled with similar things, knowing that yeah, it may not be perfect, but at least you know her, and um, y'all are able yeah. to have a relationship, and that's, that's I mean, a really we, awesome thing.
1: It it turned a lot like the, we didn't we didn't realize where the book would turn and how it would maneuver our lives these past few years. We even created an app called My Twin Chat, which is basically a free service for anyone coming out and doesn't have anyone to talk to. You can talk to us uh, individually and privately and we kind of help you through your coming out experience.
0: And just uh, with all that you went through, with everything in the book, now that that's out, now that you have even been able to reflect on the book and the things that happen um religion and faith what do you think of it now like are you too religious and or spiritual um we what are get your thoughts this
1: question a lot it's it's a it's a hard topic because we have learned from growing up that religion can be such a crutch I I will say I am more religious and, than Zach is <laughs> if you read that one of
2: the stories in the book talks about the edible and I don't know I just feel like after I took that edible like my I my brain rewired in a weird way some, a little bit like spiritually because I don't know what's out there I don't know if I'm necessarily atheist I just I don't really know what's out there like what the world like sometimes I look at something so stupid like uh like a pink poster and I'm like how did the world create this like we came from just like grass and mud and now we have this like pink poster sometimes like I don't know sometimes life doesn't seem real that sounds
1: right. yeah I know it's life is a really strange thing so that's why I say religion should never be your main focus it should always be something that helps you and guides you but it should never be the only thing that helps you make decisions yeah
0: and it just like and it goes right back to like we're still always learning and that is the same with religion same with faith like we don't know so it's it's continuously a journey as we like just try to figure out what works for each of us
1: you know i'm learning every every day and my mom is still learning every day. So I, everyone's always learning something new. And, you know, with these current years, different administrations, there's always going to be different times, different humor, different changes in the world. So we're always adapting. And to be like a, a 100% flexible in this world, you have to adapt.
0: Well, y'all have done that and you spread that. And I so appreciate it uh, to everyone out there who. Well, thank you. Um, might be struggling. They do have this amazing app. Again, it's called My Twin Chat. Definitely check that out. And if you're not and you want to see some half naked twin photos that are so awesome, <laughs> uh, you can check them out on Instagram too. Uh, but definitely let people know where they can find you, how they can keep up with you with your play, your book, and all the other wonderful things that you're doing.
2: Well, if you want to keep up with everything car Twins, definitely check out our website, www.zakartwins.com. Or like you said, follow us on Instagram.
1: Yeah, we're always posting about future uh, things. Keep up with our journey because there is more to come.
0: Definitely. And I'm so excited for it. Well, thank you both so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Such a blast talking with them. And I have several thoughts. So here are my main takeaways. Number one. Most main world religions consist of many denominations, sects, and communities, so even within Christianity there are Catholics, Baptists, Presbyterians, and so on. But a fascinating thing is that even within each section are more divisions, like Chaldean Catholics or Reconciling Methodists. I just find all the divisions really interesting. But also it's important to know what you're involved in, do your research, know the history, and make an informed decision on where you attend church if you do decide to attend one at all. Number two, as kids we don't think of differences as negative. That comes from listening and learning from society and the adults around us. There are two parts to this idea. OMG, the number two just coming into play again. Okay, so here's the first one. There are many things we fear or have total disdain for. And it's important to know why we have those feelings. There is always a why. And it is important to know if that why is based in truth or it is just based in something that we were told to feel. And the second thing, just because something is different doesn't mean that it is bad or lesser than. In fact, it's really the other way around. If we do the same thing over and over and only associate with the same like-minded people, we will never learn anything and we will never evolve. So push yourself to learn new things. Embrace the differences in yourself and in others. Number three, parents are just grown kids. We are all children just learning and trying to figure this crazy shit out. So children, no matter the age, ease up on your parents. Don't think your parents know everything and don't expect them to always do the right thing. And on the flip side, parents. Don't pressure yourself to know everything. And make sure that you are actually listening to your children. Age and experience does not necessarily equate to helpful insight. So it's important for both children and parents to listen to one another, learn, and grow together. I have posted links in the show notes for the Zakar twins and their book, Pray the Gay Away. Please check them out and make sure to follow this podcast. Subscribe, comment, please leave a review, and definitely reach out to me. I always love hearing from you. Let me know what you thought of this episode and if there are any subjects you would specifically like to hear discussed. You can reach me at the email in the show notes or just DM me on social media at Have a Blessed Gay on all the platforms. In retrospect, getting holy water thrown at you might be hilarious. But if it's happening right here, right now, it's probably not so funny. And if you are struggling and having a hard time, I always post helplines in the show notes. So make a call if you need to. Know that you are not alone. Just take a deep breath and remember this. You are special. You are purposeful. And you are fucking beautiful. Have a blessed day, y'all.